0: This is TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. I'm Dr. Gina Rhodes. Let's get started. This week on TTELT, I'm really excited because we're going to have some photography club tips from Jesus Villegas, who I met when he was an English language fellow in Tunisia. And um, we're really excited that he's with us today. So let's find out what he has to say about photography clubs. Hey, Jesus, how's it going?
1: Hello, Gina, great, how are you?
0: I'm really great, I'm so happy that you agreed to be interviewed today. I'm really excited about your interview. Uh, Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Um, Yes, my name is Jesus Villegas. Um, Just for fun, I like to call myself Jesus Peripatetic Finister Villegas. And those two middle names I gave myself because they represent a little bit about who I am. For a while, I used to travel around the world and learn, uh, study new languages, and obviously interact with people all around the world. And that's where the uh, peripatetic, which means you know, someone who walks around a lot, simplified. And Finister uh, comes from trying to get to the end of the earth. <laughs> Uh, last place on earth. Yes, land's end. And so that's a little bit about who I am. Uh, I studied several languages and I like to use them whenever I can. So when I was able to travel, I was able to use many of them. Now that I'm in Chicago, I don't use as many because I feel like I'm interacting with the same people all the time, which is not necessarily.
0: yeah it's a different world word right now (laughs) (laughs) yes okay well thank you for telling us a little bit of your background and um we're gonna talk today about photography so why don't you tell me about how you got interested in photography
1: yes um i actually have been interested in photography i would say all my life but my real interest began when i was in high school when i joined a photography club that was created by a teacher there and Back then I didn't own any camera, but he encouraged anyone, the teacher encouraged anyone who had any interest in photography to join, because he was able to provide cameras for all of us. So he taught us uh, how to use a proper professional camera. And back then we used film. So we learned how to take pictures, how to develop prints, uh, but most importantly, how to compose compose a picture. And so since high school, I've had an interest in photography. And it's something that has been with me throughout my professional career as well.
0: Oh, great. And so um, I know that you started a photo club. Um, what What is a photo club in your mind? How would we, you define it?
1: So uh, a photo club is a place where people who have similar interests, in this case, photography, get together because that's what they want to do. They want to discuss photography. They want to create photography, but they also Want to uh, interact with people who are also interested in the same subject, who are willing to share their ideas, uh, their suggestions, and at the same time learn from one another. In okay. Simple version. That's yeah. Simple version. <laughs> That's what a photography club is. Uh,
0: All right. And so, um, can you tell us now why did you create a, a photo club, and how is that connected to English language learning? You probably get that question a lot.
1: Yeah. Um, So when, when I thought about creating a photography club, it was really an extension of what I just explained, an extension of what I remembered from when I was in a photography club. But at this point, I thought, well, if I enjoyed it as much as I remember enjoying it, and most of what we did was interact with one another as uh, classmates, I guess, uh, I thought that that would be a great opportunity for students to interact with one another. And because this would be an English Language Photography Club, students would be able to interact in English. And so by doing that, it would be a natural environment where students would uh, generate organic conversations about photography. But once I started the photography club and we started getting together with students, obviously we didn't just talk about photography. If we went on a photo walk, for example, Wherever we were, we talked about the environment around us, maybe the food we wanted to eat that day, but everything really revolved around photography. So it was a natural uh, segue to take the interest of photography to just create natural conversations that started from photography.
0: Great, and um, when you say photo walk, how what is exactly a photo walk? Oh.
1: You walk and you take pictures.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's very simple. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yes, but that's what it is. It's really uh, a field trip where we agreed on locations we were interested in visiting, and we explored these locations. Uh, Sometimes it really was something as basic as walking around campus. And that was just exploring the environment around the campus. And at first we started with something simple where we had a specific subject. Let's say we wanted to take pictures of a specific subject. Let's think for example, trees, uh, flowers, uh, light, shadow, whatever topic we wanted to focus on, we didn't have to travel far, but it involved being outside the classroom. And so we would explore our neighborhood or sometimes we would uh, go on a field trip to a different town or maybe a museum. And there, as we were walking, exploring, we took pictures, we guided uh, one another in terms of the kinds of pictures we could take or encouraged each other to take pictures. And of course, all of this was happening in English.
0: Sounds great. And what do you think are some of the um, lasting benefits of having a a photography club with your students?
1: Mm, So I noticed when students joined the photography club initially, I was surprised at the fact that some of the students were a bit um, timid And I was glad at the same time that they were because they took the initiative to join a group of students who they had never met before. And so then slowly these students started to feel more comfortable in the group. So their self-esteem grew. And this is something I noticed but also something that they reflected upon later. And to this day, I'm still in contact with some of these students. And to this day, they still tell me that that was one of the uh, best college opportunities that they had because It got them to meet people they would not have met otherwise. Obviously, their English skills improved because they were not forced, but encouraged (laughs) to speak in English all the time. Nobody stopped them if they spoke in Arabic, you know, their first language or Spanish or whatever their first language was. But they knew that that was one of the goals of the club, so they all made an effort. So one lasting benefit is that their English skills improved, their self-esteem grew. And many just grew as photographers. And a couple of them have told me that they have pursued careers that are connected to photography uh, wow. because of those of the club that they joined. So,
0: yeah. Great that you've had that sense. influence on there. Yeah, that you, you, they gained that interest from mm-hmm. joining your club. So that's really awesome. Okay, what do you wish you had known before you started a photography club? And so what are some lessons learned um, along the way?
1: Uh, I guess a simple lesson would be, uh, it sounds simple, but it can be important in some settings. Uh, see that there isn't already something similar out there. So don't recreate a club that already exists or a club that is so similar. Uh, and I, I say that because though the photography club was new wherever I did create it, um, I in one of the institutions where I worked, there was a department that essentially was like the, uh, I forget the term, but let's call it student involvement, where they promoted different clubs, organizations for the students. And I didn't know that such an organization existed because I was following my, let's say my supervisors, I'm uh, no, not following, um, I asked my supervisor for permission to create the club and I was fully supported, but I didn't know that there was another person whom I should have asked first. <laughs> wow. Uh and we didn't realize that so it, that created a bit of friction uh, but other than that once we discussed the goals and how i could be involved in the university community and how this club could benefit the students and how we could work together then everything was fine uh, other than that um if we if you're considering photo walks make sure that you know what the rules social etiquette behaviors uh, social norms are where you live, where you create the photography clubs and see if it's appropriate for you to be, you. let's say you are working abroad, abroad, you know, wherever that might be, that you understand the culture enough to understand how to behave in a social setting in terms of uh, the kinds of pictures you can take, the subjects you can photograph. Nowadays, we know with uh, the abundance of cameras, with everybody walking around with a phone and a camera everywhere, that maybe we don't think about it as much but at the same time it is an issue because just the fact that we have a phone with a camera doesn't mean we're allowed to go and take pictures of anyone everywhere so that rule still applies um so yes be be sure you understand the social norms where you live so that you can be respectful and you can still provide this opportunity for the students
0: all right that's great advice. <laughs> Are there any other long-term benefits? I think you talked at, uh, about some of them earlier that you want to discuss about your photography club?
1: Uh, well, if we think about English, since one of the goals was to create an English-centered uh, club and photography is a natural interest for me, so that became a, uh, a good connection, is that even though we didn't have necessarily English lessons, Uh, As part of the photography club, the students created uh, or encouraged to present, let's say, a skill, a technique that they were interested in. So that meant they had to actually prepare, not so much a presentation, but a small group discussion or a small workshop with maybe just three students or seven students, depending on how many students were present that day. But the students had to use all that language, excuse me, the students had to use all that language to actually present the material, uh, to discuss how to take a picture, which means that they were, this means that they were thinking about different language structures, like they needed to use imperatives. Uh, They needed to ask questions for clarification. They needed to check for understanding. All of these um, common English uh, grammar points that that we cover in any English class, but because, they weren't worried about the grammar. They were instead just focusing on what they needed to say. Then they just thought about whether or not they had the language that they needed. And obviously we did help them with whatever structure, language structure they might need, uh, but it wasn't anything that they were worried about. Instead, they just became more confident because their English was a little bit more fluid and they talked about something that they were passionate about. So that just became a natural discussion for them.
0: Okay, great. Um, was there anything else that you'd like to add one thing we haven't talked about is that you you created some books um
1: Mm -hmm. Um, so the photography clubs that i've created uh this was let's say i had three different clubs at three different institutions in three different parts of the world and for two of these groups uh we managed to create photography clubs we self-published the books because at the end of the year, I wanted the students to have some kind of record of what they had worked on. And at one point we did create a Facebook group, but it was just for us to share tips. It wasn't necessarily a a public space. Uh, Later on for the second club, we did create another Facebook group, but at the same time it was more, even though that was public, it was more us interacting with each other and sharing uh, the pictures that we had taken. So what I did was, what we did was we created a photography book where the first book, it was just the photographs that the students wanted to share. And so that was a collection of what they thought was their best work. And now this was for some of these students, this was the very first time they had actually practiced taking pictures. So they were still learning, but that's what we wanted to publish. The second year the book, uh, because this was an English club, we wanted to incorporate uh language and not just the photographs so we asked the students to write following different prompts we asked the students to write um maybe a simple poem or a simple caption or what or a reflection about the picture they had taken and so they had different prompts to follow but they were able to then actually write some of their reflections that means that it wasn't just the the oral discussions we had in class um during our photography clubs, but it was also something in writing that they could later refer to. Uh, And so we did that out of four years, uh, three books, yes. With one institution, we didn't publish the first year, but we decided to start the second year. Then when I went to a different institution there, we published the two years that the club was active, because by then I already knew how to do this. And so then I was able to guide the students and it was fairly straightforward. yeah, so it, so those were two institutions, but in a different institution, uh, the club was in, um this was with junior, oh, I, sh- I guess I should mention that two institutions I'm referring to are, the students were university students. Uh-huh. So going on photo walks was fairly easy because we didn't necessarily get to get, ne- we didn't n- necessarily need to get permission from their parents to go anywhere. <laughs> uh, but one of the other schools where I worked, this was a junior high school and there we didn't meet as frequently and we didn't go on photo walks outside of the village where we lived and worked but we did go on photo walks around the school so it was still uh, manageable but there we didn't uh manage to publish a book instead what we had was a photo exhibit at the end of the oh. of the academic year and so we had just the photo exhibit but at the other institutions with the university students, we also had a photography exhibit where the students, again, uh, exhibited what they thought was their best work. And they, at the photo exhibit, they answered questions that the guests had about the pictures, about the technique used of the subject matter, or maybe just their own reflection about the, the photos they, that they were exhibiting.
0: Really awesome. It sounds like that your students have really learned a lot, not just about photography, but so many different things presentation skills, um, worked on their writing and reflecting. It sounds like they're doing a lot with, um, you know, just using their photography as the prompt to help them with so many things, not just their English, everything. Yeah.
1: Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, one of the junior high school students, um, I, I this reminds me of the one of the other students from the first universities who joined the club, was a rather timid student, uh, very limited English skills, especially considering that he was only maybe 11,
0: 12.
1: Um, But somehow he became one of the core members of the group because he had a real interest. He had found an interest outside of home uh, where uh, he could just interact with other students, but at the same time, it was something that he was doing. And Eventually, when, because he, I learned later that he would go home and talk about the photography club, but obviously he was doing all of this in Arabic. So I remember that later when I met the family, they asked me, how do you talk to him? He doesn't talk to anyone. And I didn't know that because with me, he was using the limited English that he knew, but we got, we managed to discuss the photographs he wanted to discuss. And so that stays with me because this was somebody who was trying as hard as he could to express himself in English uh, and he managed to get his point across and then later I realized I was uh, even more impressed because I didn't realize that he wasn't you know naturally a a timid student Uh, and yeah so that's one of those skills that to this day that's something that I I know he's thankful for and it's he's somebody somebody with whom I interact with in social media and that's partly because that's mainly because of the photography club
0: that's great wow i'm that's it's amazing that sometimes once the students find an interest then all of a sudden the fact that it's in another language doesn't matter they just want you know to learn more and 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 do and so it it encourages them they see the the reason that they this language can be useful for them (laughs) excellent absolutely Well, thank you so much for helping us understand how we might be able to create a photography club at at our schools or places of work. Um, So I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jesus.
1: You're very welcome, Gina.
0: Jesus, you're going to be doing a workshop for us in April, Mm -hmm. um, April 17th at Mm -hmm. 9 a.m. Central Time, which will be 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, you're gonna be doing that interview on your photography club, right? Yes, yes.
1: So Um, if anyone's interested, they can come and uh, discuss maybe suggestions uh, on the kinds of photography clubs that they might consider starting. And maybe we can trade tips on what might work for them and suggestions and resources that might be available out there.
0: That's great. And so in this um, workshop, you'll be going through the steps that you, use to create a photography club. I'm really excited for this uh, workshop. I'd like
1: to show you the three books that I mentioned uh, that I described briefly. So the first book here it's called When Pictures Talk and this is uh, the information here the information here about the book tells you that this is a collection of photographs taken by college students who were part of a photography club at the at one of the universities in Tunisia. And we call ourselves the Random Photographers. You can read more about that uh, if you like, but I'll walk you through a couple of pages just so you can get a sense of what what the book uh, includes. So here, um, this book is organized by student. So this is a student named Ashraf and Ashraf has his pictures that he selected. Ashraf joined us a little bit late in the year, so his photographs came from basically one photo walk. Whereas other students like Afra, she was with us from the beginning when the club started that academic year. So she, oh, there, a picture of me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So she had a larger collection of photographs, but essentially it's the same idea. The students showcased pictures that they took, uh, during our photo walks or photos that they took at home because they were assigned different themes and so then they experimented on their own and in this book I also included a section myself. Originally uh, I simply was thinking that it should be a book for the students of the students by the students but then uh, one of the students suggested that I should also include some pictures and everybody said, well, yes, of course you should. And uh, we did. And so here's my section. Uh, here's one of the pictures, one of my favorites, also from Tunisia and a few more. And like I mentioned, some of these student, I'm sorry, some of the photos are from photo walks and for each of the photo walks, we had a theme. So hopefully as you view the photographs, you can find the common things. So the first book we saw is uh, from Tunisia. Uh, these two other books are from when I, when I taught at Bethlehem University. Uh, the first book is called The Way We See It. And book number two is The Way We See It Too. I love it. And the first book is very similar to the one from Tunisia, a collection of photographs. But here we already have text. We have an introduction uh, by the student that the student wrote uh, describing their interest in photography, and then as you can see, uh, the student's collection of photographs, but for the most part, the, all the text that is included is a description uh, that the right, uh, by a, a brief biography that the students right. wrote. Uh, this student, I really admired because he was a fan of macro photography, and the more I saw, the more I became interested. And so even though we say that it's a photography club that I created to create a space for the students, I learned plenty from them, including this. And uh, I learned how to take close-up pictures that I had never considered. And it was a great learning experience because just like another student in uh, Tunisia who loved to take pictures of odd topics, as he called it, such as, Rust. How do you photograph Rust? I asked. Well, let me show you, he says. And sure enough, detailed close-ups of uh, something that he thought was interesting. And here, um, again, photos from photo walks, photos from class workshops, some of which were led by the students, some of which were led by me, but all of which were a great interactive experience for the students to learn. This is the first book from Uh, Bethlehem University. I'm going to go back so we can see the second book because here uh, I encourage the students to write a little bit more about their photographs. So here we are. A student with a biography and his collection and it might be difficult to see here but feel free to come back and explore on your own. You'll see captions above um, and we this we as a group discussed how we wanted to use captions what kinds of captions what themes what formats to follow all while allowing all all while allowing the students to be creative of course on their own but at the same time we follow different um themes so we could have consistency and in some cases a caption is just the word because that's all you need and in theory, we say that a picture is worth a thousand words, but often a one, even without words, can still <laughs> tell you a great story. I'm going to go back for a second. Oh yes, um, and so here we have uh, wonderful pictures. Uh, this is the student who I mentioned in the previous book, who focused on uh, close-up pictures of subjects, and we continue. But basically. It's important to mention that uh, I didn't do all the work to organize the books. Instead, uh, this was a student-centered project. So even though I had a good understanding of layouts because it's also another interest of mine, uh, publishing newsletters, because more than just the text, I like working with layouts. (laughs) So I was able to guide the students with suggestions, but in the end, uh, the book in Tunisia was created by one of the students who was very familiar with uh, different software that was available to him. And here we had a different student work on the books. So we worked together, uh, lots of feedback and suggestions, but in the end it was the students who decided on the final format uh, and the final content of all of the books. And if you're interested, you can come back to this website. It's called blurb.com. And you can just follow the links that we'll provide and you can explore all of the pictures by all of the students.
0: That's really great. It's, it's so amazing all the things that you were able to create while you were there.
1: Yes, I had a great time. You, were, um,
0: you were a fellow um, in, for two years, right?
1: Oh, so I was an English language fellow in Tunisia for two years. Uh-huh. Uh, And then later I was in Northern Israel for one year. And then later I was at Bethlehem University for two years. Uh, So when I was working on these books, it was actually a total of four years, even though in Tunisia, we only published the book the second year, not the first year. Mm
0: -hmm. Really done a lot. Wow. He really has done so many different types of photography clubs. I'm really excited about this. Um, So... We're going to talk um, about the top teaching tips. The first thing he recommends is that you go on photo walks. The second thing he recommends is that you be respectful of the culture and the people around you. So don't forget your etiquette when you're um, when you're talking about, um, when you're on the photo walk. Be very respectful. Um, have the students reflect on what they've created. I think that, um, I really like that he focused on that, that they are using a lot of English, um, but they're also learning a lot, and have them talk about that, and and as much as possible in English, because they really are learning, and encourage them to present and write about what they've learned. I think that was really good. And I love that he creates a book with his students and their photos and their reflection. So there's a lot of books being created uh, so that the students um, can learn uh from what they've done and they can show everyone what they have done i think that's really amazing um and um, um again we're gonna have the links to all of those um books in the notes so that you can you can check, check them out they're really cool i'm so excited that jesus is going to do a workshop for us so he's going to do a workshop called creating a photography club isn't that exciting so we're going to learn how all the steps to create a photography club. And this is going to be Friday, April 17th at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which will be 9 a.m. for Jesus in Chicago. Thanks, Jesus. We also have um, Wendy, who will be doing a workshop on using songs and rhymes with young learners in a low-resource environment. And this workshop is going to be Sunday, March 21st, at 1 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which might sound late to if, you, if you're if you in the Eastern Standard Time uh, zone, but it's 10 a.m. for her in Uzbekistan, so we're really excited that she's going to be able to do that with us, so we hope you can join us. We also have the TTLT Talk, so don't forget to come to the TTLT Talks on March 27th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we really look forward to seeing you there and discussing with other English language teachers. The TTLT talks that we've already have have been amazing. So we do hope that you'll come to this one and talk with your colleagues and learn more about TTLT. We always talk about topics that you said you wanted to talk about. So come join us. And in April, we also have a workshop with Amy, where Amy Chastain is going to do another workshop on intercultural communication. So please come join us on April sixth at 2 PM GMT, which is 9 AM Eastern Standard Time, and 8 AM for Amy in Iowa. And we're so excited that we are now the Rhodes Education Foundation nonprofit, officially a nonprofit. I might have mentioned this before, but we're so excited that we're officially 501c3. So anyone who wants to donate or knows a sponsor who would like to donate, please let them know that if they donate, we will send them a receipt and it's all fully tax deductible. So please donate either through our Facebook page at Rhodes Education Foundation or on our website at ttlt.org and anything that you donate on that website goes directly into the Rose Education Foundation, which is the parent organization of TTLT, thanks. And if you want to become part of the team and learn more about TTLT, you can go to the website at ttlt.org, you can send us an email at ttltinfo at gmail.com subscribe to our podcast and youtube channel and if you're not there already join our facebook group which is called ttelt and follow us on twitter at ttlt1 and instagram at t.telt thanks for tuning in see you next time